You're listening to The Broken Meeple Show, a podcast that speaks passionately about board games for the benefit of those who play them. My name's Luke Hector, best known for The Broken Meeple YouTube channel, and I'm an everyday gamer just like you. And I'll be talking about reviews, top tens, and just about anything that connects me to board games, as long as I have a tea or coffee in hand, that is. So grab a cup, relax, and enjoy. And remember, it's only a game. Hi everybody, Luke Hector here. Welcome to another podcast episode, episode 45 I believe, Sunday 13th of March 2022. I am fresh back from a stag weekend, so I'm trying to keep this episode a little bit shorter, if if I may, <laughs> if I'm allowed to, or if I'm even physically capable of doing, have you seen how long my podcasts tend to go? But yeah, I've had a weekend away, so while some people are at Aircon, like with that convention, I was at, uh, well, there's other reasons I wasn't going to Aircon, but, you know, mainly it was just the fact that my brother was having a stag weekend in Leicester, and I'd been up there for everything from South Indian curries to, you know, to pool, to table tennis, to rugby in a pub to live rugby and yes I'm not a big rugby fan I just you know they're all sporting fans I just went because well it's a stag weekend of course I'm gonna go but the curries were really good so was the pool and just hanging out with some family members and some other people as well was just a bit of good fun so I, I enjoyed the weekend overall but yeah I don't really give two iotas about rugby I don't care if it's Leicester or England versus Ireland or whatever but now oh well that's just me I'm not a sporting well it's not that I'm not a sporting person it's just I'm the sort of person who likes to play the sport, not watch it. You know, playing the sport sounds fun, or is fun. I don't want to watch people having fun. I want to be part of that group having fun. It's a weird thing. I make an exception sometimes for teaching certain board games. Like, I mean, I could have fun teaching Detective Club or Cryptid because I'm either laughing out of my chair or Encrypted. I'm actually trying to figure out the puzzle that they're doing while in the game. But... I, this is another reason why I don't really watch playthrough videos that much, unless I really like the banter of the people playing the game. Because if you're playing a serious Euro with very little banter, it's one of the most boring things I can watch. You know, I want to have fun playing this heavy Euro. I don't want to just watch two people having fun with this heavy Euro. Sort of just going, I'll move my piece there and I'll get two victory points. And it's, that's boring. But yeah, that's kind of just the way I am. But yeah, it was a good, fun weekend overall. And I certainly did need it. It was a lot easier to get to Leicester than certain other places anyway. But other than that, things aren't too bad at the moment. I mean, the channel's started to pick up a little bit more steam lately in terms of subs, but uh, you know, more content has been coming out. But the thing is, I started my new job, what, two weeks ago now? And it's going well. You know, I am having a good time there. Everyone's been very welcoming, and it was a good move. I'm glad I went to that job now. You know, that, that that's the main thing i'm trying to make this screen a little bit bigger there we go that's probably helped a bit but yeah i, I wanted to you know i was kind of hopeful like please let it be good please let it be good and it has so i'm you know looking forward to a good future there but it does mean that i have to be careful with how much content i can put out time wise so i don't hit burnout because i'm not able to work from home at this point which you know does influence a bit of my commute time because i got to commute a longer distance to this job than i did before so it's very difficult to you know you're going to have to sort of say bye to the whole oh i'll put out three or four videos a week type thing it's just not possible so you know content's going to be a little bit like harder to get out 
like super like frequently but you're still going to get at least one video every week you're going to get a podcast every two weeks without fail and if i can do more videos a week i will it just means that some reviews i think are going to have to really condense down into express like compilation ones except for the really big titles you know that i've had especially and I'm probably going to have to say, you know what, certain content needs to go away. And main content that's really got to go away is Kickstarter reviews because, you know, late, latest content that I've done in the last, what, like couple of weeks, uh, there was the top 10 games pre-2010 I did. And then I did the other podcast. Excuse me, I need a drink. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like my voice will go too quickly if I'm not careful as well. But main two things I put out was uh, a live stream. And I did with the Hexy Beast, which was really cool. Top 10 worst things in our best games. Only 3,000 views at the moment. It's been a while. I'd like more people to check that one out. Although, apologies for the audio issue. Um, we discovered the reason for it. Uh, but basically, um, Johnny at his end had the setting for automatically adjust mic volume, which cuts his volume out if I'm speaking. It's a bit of an, a bit, a little bit annoying, but it's not too bad. You can, you can make out like what he's doing in that. And you know, I know for the future that that's a setting that needs to be turned off like religiously with anybody who's on the show. But it was still a good, fun top ten list. And I also did the top ten games that hooked us from day one with Boardroom Gamer. You might remember him from last year, who did my hidden gems video, which was actually pretty popular. Actually, it's one of the more popular live streams we've done. And you know, five and a half thousand views, that's doing pretty well as well. And then that was top 10 games that hooked us from day one. Pretty solid list as well. As I say, more stuff to collaborators on the go. I mean, uh, Jonah from One Pit Wonder wants us to do something. Uh, she mentioned like top 10 games with boats. That's a more unique top 10 that I've ever heard of. And honestly, I'm not even sure I can think of 10 games with boats, period, that I like. But, you know, it'd be interesting to see. But, you know, well, maybe we'll come up with a different idea. I don't know. But it'd be great to have her on again. Uh, maybe we could do something Spirit Island related. That'd be quite cool. But also, uh, I've had some requests from Solo Playthroughs. I've mentioned the channel occasionally on Channel Shoutouts. And, you know, he wants to do something with me at some point. And I think so does Ninja Geek Games. So it'd be interesting to get both of those on, actually, because they've not been on the channel before. Uh, I don't think so, actually. Maybe Solo Playthroughs has in the past. I can't remember. But uh, the you know, my memory sucks. But, yeah, I don't think those two have. So it would be good to get some new faces on the channel for support small creators, after all. You know, definitely. Hashtag support small creators. So we'll look forward to that in the future. And i got umpteen amount of games that i got to get through. I mean, I've got a well, bad company, finally, on the that I need to review. I've got uh, a couple of... Uh, I've got Libertalia, the new one from Stonemaier. <sighs> DPD delivered it to some phantom house. House that I don't know where it was, but thankfully the person actually gave me the game, so it's like it wasn't stolen in the end of the day. Uh, I've got the Sentinels in the Multiverse Definitive Edition I've got to get through. I've been already playing that solo, and <laughs> it was so much fun to play that game again. But I got to do a review and a comparison for that, and there will be a giveaway for that one as well. So we're gonna, I'm gonna basically, what's the word, you know you know, do the video of the review of the game on its own, do a smaller video just comparing quickly the differences between the old version and the new version, because uh, that's been requested, and also on one of those videos I will do a giveaway where I will post out to the UK only, I'm afraid, to a copy of the game. So that is going to happen. Uh, but there's other things I've got to do as well. I mean, I've got to play just for personal sake. I've got Padio and Nidavellir, finally, 
but I haven't had a chance to learn the rules or play them, but those are two games that I've wanted to play for a while, and uh, we'll get onto that topic a bit later. I've just got through Stroganoff, that's the newest review I've done, I'd like to see more, you know, sharing and views on that, because that was a, a detailed review, so it took a lot more long, you know, a lot longer to get that one out, but then on top of that, I've got Quacks of Quedlinburg Megabax here, just, oh god, can I lift it, Three. this giant massive thing with two expansions in it, Herb Witches and Alchemists, they're not massively huge expansions, so I should be able to get these played without, you know, pretty much just play them straight out of the gate, because... I do know how to play Quacks. I have played it a fair few times, but I never reviewed it, never really owned it. But these Herb Witches and Alchemists are quite a small addition to the game, so it should be easy enough to throw them in. But that's been generously donated by Zatu Games. So, yes, even though Kiender is my sponsor at the moment, uh, Zatu does, you know, want to still work with me at time to time. And we do these sort of like bi-monthly bi giveaways, in a sense, where I review the game and do a giveaway. So, you know, I've got this copy again. I'm going to do a full review. Although the review is, I don't think it's going to be a review of Quacks on its own because most people already know what Quacks is like, and I'll I will talk briefly about my views on it. But mainly, I think it's going to be a beyond the base game video, so it's going to cover briefly what I think of Quacks, but then it's going to go into a bit more detail as to what Herb Witches and Alchemists do for you, and then sort of so you can gauge whether you want the Mega Box version. But that's also a giveaway. <laughs> Zatu will be doing that one, so at some point I will be not only putting out that video, but also like doing a giveaway somewhere in the UK for Quacks of Quedlinburg Mega Box. So uh, yeah, more giveaways. And in terms of the format, these giveaways are not going to be complicated. It's basically mainly just social media related so you know sub to the channel like the video comment i'll make up some arbitrary like thing i'd like to hear about like for example sentinels of the multiverse i'll ask you to do your favorite hero marvel hero or something you know quacks of quedlinburg i'll think of some other thing to do i don't know but either way it'll be something simple like that and i'd probably ask you to subscribe to something like maybe my instagram channel where i'll also host the giveaway like zatu's instagram kiender's instagram you know that sort of thing it'll be simple enough it's just the more channels that you subscribe to the more chances you have to win that kind of thing so yeah that's kind of the format i'm looking for i don't want people to answer stupid questions that are stupidly simple anyway or force you to go away and look on kickstarter pages i don't like those and they're kind of pointless it's more engagement that's more important uh, but yeah lots on the horizon and also can't forget autobahn prototype is sitting over there to do from Cat games now uh, i'm getting to the point where i'm getting a little bit uh tired of doing kickstarter videos you know my views where i'm a little bit a little bit hesitant about Kickstarter videos specifically because the problem is is that you get these pe you get people who basically overhype these games like crazy. They don't point out any flaws. They're just beaming about it, saying this is the best thing since sliced bread, when it clearly isn't the best thing since sliced bread. But the hype and fear of missing out, FOMO as it's known, catches people, and suddenly everybody wants to spend their money. You know, I've just done one for a how, uh, which was a prototype from Aperion Games. And, yeah, it was a solid game overall, actually. I did like it. You know, people were sort of thinking, oh, I'm ragging on the game. It's like, no, I legitimately like a how. But it didn't exactly not have any flaws, despite what some other creators have been saying. It's like, what the beaming like crazy. It's like, yeah, it's got a lot of good stuff going for it. But I would kind of give it a seven at this stage. I hope it will improve because I want to see it succeed. But still, I'm going to point out flaws. And... And people sort of get on my case, like, oh, well, hang on, you, you know, giving these flaws because it's a prototype. No, I stipulate it's a prototype, and I specifically say 
I'm not going to go hard on it because of prototype issues, but it's feedback. It's still stuff that needs to improve before the game gets released. I'm still going to point it out for honesty reasons. And sadly, this one isn't getting shared around as a result. It's not on the Kickstarter page. And I even had to forward the game to David Digby at my own expense. You know, it's kind of a shame. But as I say, the game is solid. Check out the video. I do give a lot of positive thoughts about this. It's a fun Euro game. Area control, you know, collecting god tiles, building up a little pyramid, and triggering god powers to do various things. It's a Euro game through and through, looks nice, just has a few issues that I hope they will fix before the game is fully released, because I accept that this is a Kickstarter, but I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to go beaming about everything without some sense of objectivity here. So, but, you know, that one took a lot of effort to learn the game, to play it multiple times, and to get used to it, and it doesn't feel like it was really justified at this point. Now, the other issue I have is that I've now got to do Autobahn from Alley Cat Games, and it looks cool, but it's a work-in-progress rulebook, which means it's going to take me longer to learn the thing. It's going to be prototype components, which means it's going to be hard to understand exactly what's going on on the table. I've got to learn it myself. Maybe I should probably get in touch with them and ask them if they can do a teach. That would probably be a bit better, but we'll see. But that's going to take me a lot of effort to do, and I don't know how much reception that's going to get. So I'm... I'm getting to this point where I just don't think doing Kickstarter videos is worth it. Because I get a lot of requests to do them as well. You know, people will email me out of the blue to say, oh, you know, dear X channel. And seriously, you can tell that these are marketing emails at some point when they literally make no effort to distinguish you from anyone else. But, you know, I'll get like, oh, we're doing a Kickstarter or this, Kickstarter or that. We're talking like some exploding kittens take that game or something, which I've got no interest in whatsoever. But, you know, I have to respond to a lot of these saying, sorry, busy, can't do it. And for the most part, that's pretty much true. But I just don't want to do these Kickstarter videos. I, I'm, I'm getting to that point where I just don't enjoy doing them. I'd rather get a fully released game and then review it. I'd like to get the fully released game in advance so I can review it before it hits retail. But failing that, I'd rather just get the game at retail and play it when it's done because then I can comment about these things it's very difficult to do it with a kickstarter I'm going to be honest but lots of channels don't point out flaws they literally say here's a game it's got these mechanics it's fantastic go buy it now go buy it buy it by the way sub to our channel it, uh, it's it's literally as bad as that I can't trust kickstarter reviews anymore because I can't understand whether you like the game or not you're just selling a product you're basically you might as well be an employee of the publisher at this point it just really doesn't gel with me so I'm probably I'm definitely going to get autobahn done at some point but I need time to get to grips with it and play it thankfully it's not got a kickstarter until something like April I don't think so uh you know it's got ages I've got ages before I need to get that one done but I will get it done at some point and then I might call it a day on kickstarter videos it's just it's not worth it all right but on a more positive note let's get on to some news because I've not really played many games lately apart from ones that I'm going to do for review so I don't really want to go spoil but we're going to talk about a few bits of news so here we go go let's find the first one here we go oh boy <laughs> people know what I think of Betrayal on House of the Hill it's not a favorite game of mine I must be honest but there's a third edition coming out 50 new haunts in this new third edition with better components better components um yeah uh betrayal on house on the hill has one of the worst sets of components ever 
every single game plays out like an old children's ITV series that I remember called Finders Keepers. It was basically this cutaway half funhouse thing where you know kids would wander into a room, they get a clue like you know you know a little riddle, and when they solve it, they basically tear the room apart to find the object that relates to the clue they're on about. It was basically a children's show, whatever. But that's basically what Betrayal on House of the Hill is. It's literally that. You run around the building, constantly going to different rooms, tearing them apart, just trying to find stuff. There's no sense of horror. There's no sense of atmosphere. It's literally just finders keepers with a board game. And so that already gets repetitive every single time. Then the game has a one in three chance of breaking because the haunts are mostly broken as all get out. <laughs> so most of them don't work. I don't want to play a game that is fundamentally unbalanced or broken. Hence, I don't play tapestry. But this one really just took the biscuit and I just really hate this game. Now, a new addition. Could they fix it? You know, I mean, it mentions brand new miniatures and more characters, different art styles, some improved cards and that, and obviously uh, the classic Traitor's Tome and Finny Guidebook, but, you know, and Avalon Hill is, is doing it. But the thing is, ooh, I don't know. We've already had this happen before, haven't we? Uh, but Trail and House on the Hill came out with a second edition, which was 99% identical to the first one. And it was still fundamentally broken. So I'm not exactly holding much hope that this is suddenly going to, like, change things. But, I don't know, maybe it'll work? I don't know, it's... This is basically your last chance to wow me. And to be honest, you don't even have to wow me. You know, I might still dislike the game afterwards. Fine. It's just a thing. But you have got to get this game right. You have got to fix this game. No excuse for shoddy components. This is 2022. You know, you cannot have that excuse anymore. You've got to get those haunts right. They have got to not only be atmospheric, but they've got to work. If I get another report that these haunts are fundamentally broken on release, I'm sorry, but you're done. You know, we are done. I cannot accept that. We cannot accept a third iteration fundamentally broken in 2022. So, yeah. I'm not exactly looking forward to this, but I can imagine that any Betrayal House on the Hill fans are going to go goo goo gaga over this, and I totally understand. But just temper your expectations a bit. Remember that the game does have issues, and remember that the second edition did nothing to fix the first edition. What's your hopes that the third is going to fix the second? We shall see. But yeah, you've got a lot of work to do, Avalon Hill. You better get cracking. All right. Now, going on to Big Boxes, this is a game that I, I enjoyed once, now I'm kind of like, meh, I don't mind it, but the most people play Gaia Project now, but Terra Mystica is getting a big box, and when I say big box, I am really, um, I cannot overemphasize the big box part enough. This thing is huge. The picture here is showing the board, I, I swear this is thicker than any other box I'm thinking, and to try and describe it for podcast listeners, uh... Imagine the size of Caverna, you know, as, as thick as that box is there. And I'm looking at it on my shelf now. I'm pretty positive the Terabistica big box is at least 50% larger than that. Possibly even double. Yeah, at most double. But that picture is making it look like it's about 50% larger than the Caverna box. That's pretty big. Because bearing in mind, the big box of Terabistica has to get multiple expansions in it. All these wooden pieces, a 
pl ton of a literal metric ton of player boards for all the different factions and the main board and possibly even a revised is it two main boards as well because didn't an expansion bring in a revised board that's a lot of stuff you got to put in this box this thing is going to weigh a metric ton but most people i think have shifted the gaia project now haven't they that's what I sort of thought, because personally, I mean, I'm met on both of them, but I'd rather play Gaia Project than Terra Mystica, but maybe there's still a few Terra Mystica fans hanging around who didn't really care too much about Gaia Project. Maybe they prefer the fantasy theme to the sci-fi theme? Is that it? I can't imagine there's a huge amount of other differences, frankly, because they're pretty much the same game. But if you prefer Terra Mystica, then you're going to get a huge big box, although chances are you already own everything for this game so are you really that interested in a big box this feels like it needs to cater to new players but are new players going to jump in with a box this big i mean this thing's going to cost something like 150 pound minimum to get that's expensive that's really expensive and i don't know if people are really willing to pay that kind of money for this uh, i honestly ugh. <laughs> My arm certainly wouldn't. I wouldn't pay 150 quid for Terra Mystica. I don't care how much I'd like the game. It's like, seriously? That's a lot of money for this game, especially as it's just like, off the bat. You know, you better... Do you know if you like Terra Mystica? No? Well, 150 quid in both expansions. You're going to find out now. So, although there is hints that there's going to be a solo um, autumnal for it, which you can buy separately if you already own a lot of the Terra Mystica stuff. I assume that's true. I mean, I've heard rumors. Dice Tower mentioned it as well. But yeah, if they do that, then I think that will impress people just buying a solo variant because to be fair, the game could probably use one, I think. But then again, a lot of the game is some interaction with players, although how much interaction? Because I, when I, my games are Terra Mystica, I remember that you interacted with other players mainly just for building next door to them. And that was kind of it, really. Apart from that, you didn't really do much else with other players, but you know, apart from nicking your magic spots and that. So be interesting to see how this one gets received, really. But I feel like there's other games that would better to have big boxes at this point. However, here's one that I am looking forward to, though, because as much as I thought meh with Terra Mystica or don't care really about Betrayal and House on the Hill, definitely looking forward to Ryan Luckett's announcement that he is doing a sequel to Sleeping Gods called Distant Skies. 2023, 1937, your cargo plane flies through the portal, transporting you to the rugged landscape with creatures, gods, and untold dangers. It's basically a standalone sequel to Sleeping Gods uh, with a you know similar style of going through stories, meeting all sorts of characters, camping, exploring, and obstacles and that and collecting cool items you're going to have less characters to control at once so that's kind of handy you know you don't have to control nine characters this time and it's going to revise the combat system which is uh, we'll be honest maybe one of the weak points of sleeping gods actually i mean i don't i don't think it's a 10 out of 10 game i think i'd give it an eight but it's still a really solid game and yeah i think the combat system could do with a rework this time instead of having that whole like putting cubes on top of like this grid on the on the combat cards what you're now doing is you're building a deck of combat cards that you draw from in each combat so it's a bit like the system that's in tainted grail now not entirely i mean tainted grail has the whole key system that you put the cards next to and it's quite a long-winded combat i enjoy it but it's quite a long lengthy thing i'm not saying it's that but all we know is that it's going to involve a deck of cards that you can customize that sounds pretty cool 
I'm totally down for that, and that sounds like an improvement. The cover, again, looks gorgeous. This is going to have Ryan Lockett's like, artwork all over it, so you know that this is going to be like a beautiful-looking game. But I'm just going to say this. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and well, before I get onto this bit, uh, I will also stipulate that you don't need to play the first game to play this. They are standalone, new characters, new everything, and the concepts from the original game will be explained again. So you could buy this one without ever touching the original. Okay. Now, seriously, Ryan Lockett. I don't know what drugs this guy takes, you know, uh, what, what weird drug he takes. I want some. I want whatever this guy takes in drugs, stat. Because this guy has done Sleeping Gods. He's done all these other big games. Remember, this is the guy who does his own artwork, his own publishing, his own designing, and even partially his own music atmospheric stuff, right? He's recently done Sleeping Gods, which is a huge magnum opus game, if you want to call it one. He then very quickly followed with Now or Never, you know, which, granted, if you watch my review, I'm kind of like... Meh, I'm kind of, it's on my shelf, mainly because I don't, friends of mine want to play it, but I don't really want to play it, so it's getting to the point where I'm almost going to get rid of it, but again, big mammoth, like, three-hour game with all different new mechanics, and now, already, Distant Skies, which is another mammoth campaign game like Sleeping Gods, this guy does not sleep. This guy does not age. <laughs> I'm pretty certain that there is some drug this guy takes, or he's a robot. This is the only way this guy can do all this stuff. What? Does he ever sleep, or go out, or do anything else? I'm not convinced, because this is just way too much stuff for one single person to undertake. It's crazy. It is impressive. <laughs> so get out. I mean, I'm not going to you know, deny that this is somewhat just fantastic achievement but man seriously i want whatever he's having because <laughs> that would make my life so much better if i didn't have to care anymore about sleep or aging or any other like bodily function or something which i swear this guy has got something that conquers all of it failing that convert me into a machine and i'll join the robot uprising <laughs> seriously i would like this kind of like flexibility in my life but yeah I'm looking forward to this. No doubt I will grab a copy of this and give it a good going and give it a review and that because I'm pretty certain I'd want to play this. But Jesus, Ryan Lucky, what are you on? <laughs> so what are you seriously on? Right, take another drink. So, yeah, Sleeping Gods, Distant Skies. Whew, definitely looking forward to that one. Right, so we're going to get on to a quick discussion topic not going to spend too long on this though although i am conscious that uh how long have i been recording now 26 minutes yeah so not going to spend too long on this but people have suggested this as a potential topic uh patrons have mentioned this as well as a potential top 10 idea but i don't really have 10 games i would put on this list so i'm just going to talk briefly about a few now and that is games i want to play but i haven't yet and i've already mentioned a couple actually you know well, in fact three Padio, bad company and Nidavellir. Those are free games that have been on my list that I'm like, oh, I want to try these. These sound pretty cool. Oop, I apologize there for the annoying beep of my mobile phone. Professional as I am, I shall now turn that off. But yeah, those free games I now have. So they're not included on this list anymore. But there's still a few that I do want to play at some point. Preferably someone to teach me them. But well, actually one of them I could probably find easily enough and teach myself but again just want to go over a few okay 
So first off, yes, when you get off my case, I do want to play Hadrian's Wall at some point, okay? I'm not trying to avoid it, but consider this. It's a big game. It costs something like £50 to buy for what is essentially a spreadsheet roll and write, or flip and write, or whatever finny and write you want to call it now. That's expensive for a flipping right game, okay? It's a, not a cheap purchase. I can't get a review copy of this. And the problem is, I know some, I think I know one person locally who has it, who could teach me it. The problem is, I haven't been at the club night when he's been around, so it's like, ah, haven't had a chance to play it. But also, I know that this game is a solo game. Yeah, it can go up to six players. Whoop-de-doo. No, it's not a multiplayer game. It is a solo game through and through. That's why it's pretty much only talked about in solo circles. So I don't really want to play a massive four or five player game of this multiplayer because it's going to drag on, it's going to take way too long, and it's not a decent representation of what the game's really about. So this has to be something that I pick up for free if I can, or play online maybe? I can't remember if there's an online mod for this. It might be on Tabletop Simulator mod, but again, I'd rather something to help me with the rules. So I think what's going to happen with this one is that I'm probably going to wait until... I get like some credit now and again with Kiender. So, but the problem is Kiender doesn't have a copy of Hadrian's Wall, so that doesn't help either. Yeah, I need to find a way to get this played. Uh, failing that, meet up with Mark Dainty at some point. Um, although I think somebody at Baycon next month that I'm going to, I'm going to the Exeter Baycon to try it out for the first time. Somebody there, I believe, might be willing to bring Hadrian's Wall and teach it to me. So, yeah, granted, it might mean playing it in multiplayer form, but. I guess if it's the only way I'm going to get it played, it's the only way I'm going to get it played. I should probably, you know, give it a chance. So, yeah, I do want to play this game, only just to get people to shut up about it. Because <laughs> everyone is determined that I give this one a chance, knowing that I'm not the biggest fan of flipping right or rolling right games anymore. They're like, Luke, this will either convert you, or this will be the only one you like, but you're going to like it. And the main reason I'm even considering wanting to play it, other than the idea of getting people to be quiet, is the fact that it's Garpil Games. And Garpil Games do have a pretty decent track record. So this could be really good fun. I got no idea. But yeah, at some point, I do want to play it. Honest, I do. All right, I'm not trying to avoid it. Now, this one you probably wouldn't have expected to uh, see. Yeah, I want to do El Grande. So, uh, sorry, that was Hadrian's Wall a minute ago, just in case. I, I've got to get into the habit of remembering to say the title of something I've talked about for podcast users, all right? I am trying to get better at that. But let's go on now to El Grande. El Grande. Yes, I do want to play this old, classic Wolfgang Kramer game from Rio Grande. Yes, I do. But, Luke, this is a themeless, area-control, cube-pushing game. I know. I still want to try it because I'm interested to try some of the classics. I still give Dominion like praise. I still give Catan praise. I don't have Carcassonne anymore, but I still give it praise. It's these classic games that have shaped certain genres or talked about in like a lot of Cult of the Old circles. I'm interested to see where the beginnings happened. I'm not expecting this game to blow me away like, oh, I must have this. This is the king of area control games. I will now play it forever. Although if that happens, then great. I mean, it could. You know, I'm not a cult and a new person, so I'm I'm not expecting it to blow my mind, granted. But I still want to try it. 
I want to see what this is like. You know, is it really a cool game? You know, this whole area control, cube tower, the, the cube tower. That I know I have been warned that the cube tower is not a massive deal to get hyped over. So not quite as much as, say, Amerigo or Edge of Darkness. But, you know, this it looks a nice, you know, basic board, but the it color pops. You've got the meeples. Area control is pretty straightforward. Mainly that this card system sounds interesting. I, I don't know the full details of how the card system works, but... The idea of using these cards in a tactical fashion to move your cubes around and score certain regions. And I mean, it, there's, there's no real theme in this game, but it it seems like an interesting idea. And I just want to try it. But uh, have you tried to find a copy of this game that's not in a mega box that costs like £100 or something? It's uh, a little hard to get hold of and not one that I'm going to find easily. Let's put it that way. But I do want to try it. So... If somebody is at a con that I'm at, Baycon, Gridcon, possibly Manicon, uh, Shake Battle and Roll later this month I'll be at as well, actually, you know, then by all means bring it. I would like to legitimately try this one, you know, particularly as I think it's still, is it still in the top 100? I think it is. El Grande, doo -doo 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 -doo. it is ranked 84. So, side little note, actually, I looked through the top 100 and it has undergone some changes since I last looked it over. There's only seven games I've not played. And some of them are just basically new versions of other games like Pandemic Season Zero or Clank Legacy. You know, they're basically, I've already played the base games that they have. It's just that these are different spin-offs. There's very few in the top 100 that I've not actually played. Oh yeah, Ark Nova's in the top 100 as well. Hee-hee-yay! Can we please climb that up to the top 10 and get it to push out something like Brass? That'd be great. You know, that'd be nice. But yeah, actually, to be fair, if Ark Nova doesn't hit the top 10, I'm calling foul on the board game to top 100. I'm sorry. The amount of buzz that game's got, even if it's got haters, which is perfectly fine, the amount of buzz that game has got has to put it at the top 10. Because I can't imagine that even Gloomhaven got more hype than Ark Nova at times or something. So if Gloomhaven can be number one, Ark Nova had better get to at least top 10. Or I'm seriously calling foul as if i don't call foul enough on the bgg top 100 anyway but yeah el grande definitely want to give it a look 1995 as well so uh yeah i do want to play some old games down again all right next one up is a uh, kind of a weird one quest for el dorado 2017 rank 149 uh, I don't know which version I'm supposed to look at, though, because this is a Vincent Dutre artwork version. But then I hear that I'm supposed to avoid this one and go for the other one that was, like, worse artwork. I don't know if that's legit or what the reasoning is. Could somebody give me some um, indication in the comments? It'd be interesting to know. But this is just a simple family game. Reiner Knizia, which is not usually a designer I go hunting for, I must admit. But... Just this idea that it's a very simple race across a map that uses a very simple deck building mechanic to do so. Okay, sounds like a very nice, lightweight, family deck building game. I like light games, now and again, you know, I like something that makes you think decision, you know, come up with meaty-ish decisions, but, meaty-ish, but you know, with decisions to think about, but without having stupidly complex rules, something that I can get done in an hour, tops, something that I can teach new players or teach like light gamers who haven't seen many games. You know, I do look out for this stuff and I like deck building a lot. You know this. So I'm kind of interested to try this one. I could probably, if I find a copy, just buy it myself, learn it and teach it at some point anyway, because I don't. I don't know if it's in print. And again, I need to know if I should be aiming for the old horrible looking version 
or the nicer looking version of whether there's a difference or not. I need to kind of get some idea on that first. But if it doesn't matter, then I'll grab the nicer looking version naturally. But yeah, I mean, it looks simple, looks cool. I want to try it. You know, a nice light deck building game just to try another deck building game, frankly. Okay. Uh, next up, oh, blimey, this is a big in, absolute big in. Aura and Labora. Is <laughs> a Aura and Labora? Uh, yeah, um, it's an Uri Rosenberg game. That's already a, like, a good thing for me. I like Uri Rosenberg games. But this is one that's eluded me. And there's a couple of others that have as well. The Gates of Loyang, I don't think I've played. Uh, maybe it's only those two, actually. I can't think of any others from that time. Le Havre, Agricola. Uh, I think I've played all those other older ones, but I'm not that interested in Gates of Loyang, although if somebody wants to show me it, I, I'll play it. I'm just not looking forward to it. No, sorry, I'm not looking out for it. That's a better way. But Oren Labora, uh, just the fact that it's one of those expert level games that has a bucket load of stuff in it, tons of these cards, a rondelle wheel that kind of reminds me a little bit of Glass Road in a sense, but... Man, you've got, like, why has somebody put up a ton of pictures of a cat? Seriously? Well, I say that. Cats sell videos. So I'm sure my podcast will get another thousand views as a result of the cat appearing in it. But it looks complicated as all get out. That is a slight worry. I'm worried that maybe it's a bit too convoluted for its own good. But it is Uri Rosenberg. It is farming and trading themed, which I like. I mean, you've got your classic wood and corn and stone and, you know, sheep and stuff like that. I'm interested to see tons of these different resources that you've got to micromanage i would just like to play one of these expert level uri rosenberg games because it kind of looks like a greatest hits of very well almost like a preemptive greatest hits because stuff like glass road and you know agricola caverna and la Havre and stuff which i think came out after this one all of them i'm not entirely certain on that but it feels like this one already had elements of that like they were all just like brought together you know some of these cards look like, they've got some insane complicated effects, but it's given me a kind of lahar feel, like get the resources and new buildings come out over time and build those. I'd just like to try it. Now, granted, it could be a bit dated. I mean, I've not heard... I've heard some people say it's fantastic, and I've heard some people say, oh, it's dated and I didn't really like it. So I don't know what to think. I'm not entirely certain if it's even in print either. I think it came back in the print briefly, and now you can't get it at the moment. So whether it will come back in the print, I don't know. But, yeah, I'd be up for this. I'd be up for trying another Uri Rosenberg farming game because, I don't know, maybe it's my inheritance coming from Somerset, but I like farming games. I think farming, I mean, I, mean, I give total respect to farmers. You know, I have been to farms. I have occasionally, when I was younger, done help on farms, not voluntarily. It was more like, it was kind of like things schools made you do, like experience being on a farm for a day or something. Uh, but... I give farmers a lot of respect for what they do because they've got to work on sociable hours. They've got to work pretty much flat out all the time. They've got to go knee deep in mud, basically crock around <laughs> excrement from God knows what animals that they've got. They've got to do a lot for not a huge amount of margin, like profit margin and that. And it's because of them that we have a lot of our food, milk and all these other stuff. So, you know, credit to farmers. <laughs> you, you do a good job. <laughs> Love you guys. But I like the theme. I just like having a board in front of me and having my own little farm and get some veg, get some cattle. You know, I, I love Caverna. As much as I'm not a fan of the punishing nature of Agricola, I still give it some props. You know, it's a farming game at the end of the day. And need I mention the fact that I've gone like Google Gagger over Fields of Isle in the past? You know, well, still now. I mean, it's still on my shelf and I love it a bit. I just 
kind of like the farming theme, really. It, maybe I should do that. Top 10 themes? I don't know. I've got a lot, I've got a few other top 10 lists that uh, Patreons are voting for, but maybe top 10 themes could be an interesting list. Or maybe another podcast discussion topic. We'll have to see. Or maybe a solo live stream. Oh, whatever. I'm getting off topic. But yeah, Aura and Labora. I don't think I'm going to buy this one and learn it myself, though, because I think it is just a, probably a bit too heavy at this time with all these other games I've got to play to have to absorb now for a game that most people have kind of forgotten, I suspect. But again, anybody who has the game, wants to teach me it, I am definitely down for this one. Definitely would like to give it a shot. Gates of Loyang. I'll play, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll play it because it's an old Dewey Rosenberg game, but I'm not as desperate to play that one as Aura and the Bora. Right, is there any other ones that I can think of? I can't think of any off the top of my head. Why don't we have a little browse of uh, the <laughs> the top 100 and just sort of showcase. So what have we got here? Uh, most of them I have played. Kind Legacy, I'm not that fussed about. Uh are we on the right... Oh, hang on, I need to actually get the screen open. There we go. Um, so, what else we got? Uh, Kingdom Death Monster. I mean, I'd play it, but I'm not really that fussed about playing this game that nobody can get hold of. And has, like, this massive board that's plain and you only use a few squares on it. It's kind of weird. Kinds of Caledonia. Again, not that fussed. The fact that it basically just looks like a Terrabistica clone. You know, oh, it's a cool setting, but no fee. Mm, that sucks. Mechs versus minions, not interested really. It's not. I don't know. I'm not a massive. I'm not a massive programming game fan, so I haven't really sought that one out. Pandemic Legacy Season Zero. After playing two of them already, I'm done with Pandemic Legacies. I, you know, I'm starting to get burnt out on campaign games in general. But also Season Zero, Cold War, that horrible grey aesthetic. I mean, it could be a really cool game with a great story, but that theme and setting, I just do not care. In fact. I wonder, ooh, given the uh, stuff that's happening in the world right now, I'm curious as to whether this game's getting any controversies surrounding it. I don't know. Uh, what else we got? Uh, well, El Grande, I've already mentioned. Troyes, don't care. I'm not that fast. I've, I've, I've not heard anybody really big that one up. Small little Euro dice game. I mean, if I play it, I'll play it, but whatever. Mombasa, I feel like I've... Have I played Mombasa or any... I feel like I have played that at one point, like ages ago. I certainly don't remember liking it. I just probably have forgotten all about it by now. So, yeah, there's most of those in the top 100 I have played. Are there any others? Let's go into the top 200 and see. Uh, you know, I played most of these. Uh, what have we got? Clank in Space. Don't really care that much. I mean, I'm, I'm only ho-hum on Clank. You know, I don't think the In Space one is suddenly going to give me much fight. Zeon's End War, War Eternal. So that's just basically a standalone version of Zeon's End. I've already played Zeon's End, so I'm... Pretty much I played this one really, but again, not played it probably. Uh Cthulhu Death May Die. Uh, Cthulhu Death May Die. Maybe. Maybe this would probably be the best one so far. I mean, it's not one that I want to buy myself and learn, because it sounds like there's quite a lot going on in it. But uh yeah, a miniatures game of a co-op dice chucker of slaying the elder gods. I mean, I could get into the theme of this one because I do like Cthulhu. Any good? I don't know. I don't really hear a lot of people talk about it, although it is rank 118, so some people must be liking it, I guess. But, I don't know, Eric Lang hasn't really been doing it for me a lot uh, in recent years, so could it literally just be another clone of all the other games he's done? I don't know, but I'd probably try that one, out of all the ones I've been listing. Um, most of those done, 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 done. Watergate. It's not a theme I really care about. It's a two-player-only game. I hear good things about it. Could be really good. It's just 
not really a setting or player count that I really go for that much, so not too fast. Ah, don't that. If you're wondering what I'm drinking right away with this weird color, it's a vitamin C tablet, so uh, it's just a soluble vitamin C drink. Okay, uh, played those, played those. War of the Ring first edition, whatever. I've got the second edition, and even then, that's not getting played much because it's just too complicated and long. <laughs> it's a, it's a cool game, but oh man, is it worth the effort? I'm not sure. Uh, Marco Polo two. Honestly, I can't stand the first Marco Polo, so I'm not exactly expecting the second one to blow my mind. But if somebody wants to play it, I'll play it. You know, I'll try any game once. That's always a rule. Uh, except for Concordia Venus, that one can go to hell. Uh, but pff, is that really any different from? Is that even different from Concordia, or is this an expansion? Just a standalone re-implementation with some added features. What like fun? I don't know. But <laughs> is fun the feature? Uh, Memoir Forty Four. Yeah, I've never actually played. What? Well, actually, wait a minute. No, I have played Memoir Forty Four. Or have I? No, I haven't. No, I have not played Memoir Forty Four. I played. Command and Conquer's Ancients. I played the Overlord version of that, which granted is pretty much Memoir 44, maybe just a little bit more complicated, but, you know, different setting. But, yeah, I don't know. It's a two-player-only game, so that's probably why I haven't hunted it down. But, yeah, I've come to think I've never played Memoir 44. Uh, Railways of the World, don't care. <laughs> it really doesn't sound like a game I'm going to enjoy. Horrified. I don't know. Horrified is something that I wouldn't mind trying. I've not really wanted to seek it out because I figured, oh, is it just basically a pandemic clone? Even though it's got classic movie monsters, it does basically just feel like a pandemic clone. I'm kind of done with pandemic. But I'd play this one. A quick, easy family game. I'd give it a shot. But yeah, never played it to this day. Or on the Bora, we have already mentioned. So uh, yeah, rank 163 came out 2011, just before the real boost in gaming. I've always, I've always stipulated that I think 2012 was the pinnacle year of board gaming. And like I said, 2011 has some cool titles in it, but well, Sentinels and the Multiverse of One. But no, I think 2012 was like the, the trigger that really went, right, gaming is now going to go off the rails. Uh, Seek, Psych, what? Sikigawa Sakahara Unification of Japan. What on earth is this? I have never heard of this game. Oh, it's a GMT game, I was going to say. Impronounceable name and a massive tagline. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a GMT game. Pfft, whatever. I don't really go mad for GMT games. They're not my style of game, so no wonder I've not heard of it. I mean, 171, I've never heard of it. Hmm. Combat Commander Europe. Yeah, not my style of game. Uh, Star Realms Colony Wars. I've played that. I've played all the stuff to do with colonies. Uh, what do I... Yeah, Nine. I say I, I, I probably haven't played. Well, I must have played the individual pack, but then I put all my ratings and plays on the base game because, frankly, it's the same game. It's just different ships. So yeah, Star Realms is great. So we'll get that. Paths of Glory, another one of these like old GMT style games, just not for me. Go, never played Go. Wouldn't mind at least trying that. In fact, saying that, a friend of mine um, is hopefully going to teach me and a few friends how to play my Yong at some point. Uh, we. Uh, I don't know what variant of it. Apparently, there's a lot of variants of it, so which is a bit hesitant to sort of for me to play other variants in case I got to learn different rules with theirs. It could, you know, I didn't realize it was so varied, but yeah, I'd like to learn my young. So I'm hope I'm looking forward to trying that one at some point. It's very big with our family and that, which is cool, cool and interesting. Really, it's it's cool to see these super classic games being so prevalent with some people. Uh, Undaunted Normandy. Uh, I played Undaunted North Africa. 
thought it was fine. A seven. I got some issues with it, but I think it's fine. I can't imagine Normandy is going to be much different, really. Ra. Still never played Ra. No, still never played Ra. Uh, it's an auction game with no theme. It's not really something I'm going to hunt down, but it's a simple game. It's an old classic. People talk highly of it, and I think it's getting a new version coming out. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, someone wants to teach me Ra, I'll try it, but I'm not going to seek it out. Teach you, I don't really want to play this one. Now, granted, I like these little card games like ladder climbing and trick taking and stuff like that. But all I hear about Tishu is that if you play with anybody who knows how to play the game, they're going to hate your guts afterwards because it's a partnership game and you're going to hate your partner when they make stupid mistakes. I'm going to be that person who makes stupid mistakes. I don't want that experience. So I try it, but I am definitely not hunting that one down. <laughs> and Dominion 2nd Edition. Might as well just give that the same rating as the Dominion, because frankly, it's the same game. <laughs> it's just slightly tweaked artwork. Whatever, it's not like they really changed much. Dominion is Dominion. So, yeah, there's a few games that I want to play, but yeah, there's plenty I have already played. Yeah, so, I'm running out of games where I'm, like, desperate to play them, it must be said. Which is not necessarily a bad position to be in because it means that I can just be patient and just wait for a new game to come out. It's why, granted, I have spent a fair bit on Kickstarter the last month, mainly because of group pledges, but uh, yeah, I kind of just like gonna wait and see in other games. I mean, I even pulled out of, well, I didn't pull out of Deep Rock Galactic. I didn't pledge on the Kickstarter for Deep Rock Galactic, but apparently there's a group pledge happening with that soon. I need to get in touch with the person arranging it. So I probably will be back on that one. But yeah, there was a good group pledge play, group pledge price. <laughs> Try saying that fast when you're drunk. Uh, for Unsettled. So I am getting all of those. That is definitely a thing. But then there's uh, Earth. I mean, Earth was a very good looking, very nice sounding, cheap game. That what I want to see on Kickstarter, frankly. You know, a much more interesting title. So I definitely went for that. Uh, what else did I, well, actually, I'm not going to do that now, <laughs> I've already done enough Kickstarter stuff for ages, but yeah, suffice to say, despite those, I am mainly just a case of, I'll wait and see, you know, I tend not to get too hyped about games, you know, even the stuff that I'm looking forward to this year that I did on my anticipated games list, I'm not exactly, like, at the front door going, <gasps> waiting for the game to arrive, okay, Frostpunk will come out when it comes out, I can wait. I'm not that desperate. <laughs> so, so it's deal. although, granted, I was almost a bit like that for the Sentinels and the Multiverse definitive, definitive Edition because yeah, I had to ask Grayton and Games for a copy first. Then they tried to send it. FedEx lost it. So then they had to send it again. That's why I've only just received it, whereas other people have had it for a month and a half. You know, why is it, why am I plagued with all these late arrivals from, like, you know, all sorts of people? Why do the couriers and, like, people hate me at this point? You know, I want to get stuff out early for people, but, these things keep messing us up. I know the UK is having problems, but still. Whew. So, yeah, that's definitely happening. But, yeah, I definitely was probably waiting impatiently for that one, but then I had good reasons to be impatient for that one. But most of these other ones, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'll try it when it comes out. Anyway, I'm going to wrap it up there, I think, for 15 minutes before I ramble on too much longer. So, uh, 
Thanks, everybody, for listening to this show. Remember to check out kiender.co.uk. The Stroganov review had the promo in the middle of the episode, so I'm using it to break up big episodes. So let me know what you thought of that promo. Was it a good laugh? Was it good fun? And by all means, check out the referral code in the description so that you can get 5% discount on your first order over £60 from an up-and-coming retailer local to where I live. You know, it's definitely good to help small retailers as well as small channel creators. Uh, obviously, don't forget to like and comment on this video about anything that's being discussed, any of these games that I mentioned that I haven't played, big favourites of yours, do I have something to look forward to, are you going to Bacon or Shake, Battle and Roll, in which case do you want to teach me half of these games, this would be pretty cool, but you know, let me know your thoughts on those, and also just let me know, let me know what kind of stuff you're expecting from a podcast in general actually, you know, because... Some people, every time a podcast gets mentioned on social media, like, what's your favorite podcast? The same three get mentioned. But nobody really mentions why they're their favorite three, frankly. But, you know, I'm curious as to what topics podcasts haven't done that people want to hear in a podcast, really. Because most podcasts can repeat the same kind of topics. That's why I ask Patreons for questions that I can answer so I can do discussion topics. Uh, I did have one idea where I might take a game from my collection that I've not done a review on, but I talk about reasonably frequently, or maybe haven't talked about much, and then just spend part of an episode talking about the game, you know, why it's in my collection. Like, for example, I don't know if I did a review for autom automobiles. I haven't played it in ages, but, you know, I could talk about why that's on the shelf, you know, there's stuff like that. But I'm curious to see what can be done on the podcast that hasn't been done. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of strategy videos because, frankly, I don't think I play a game enough to be an expert at it. You know, yes, I love Spirit Island, but really, are you going to ask me, who's never attempted a level 6 adversary at any point, strategy tips? Not sure I'm the best person to ask, really, so I'm a little bit hesitant about doing those. But, I don't know, let me know your thoughts, it'd be cool to know. So, that's it for me, I hope you enjoyed this video, by all means check out the Patreon campaign if you can, it'd be great to get some more Patreons on the go to help uh, give me discussion topic ideas, or vote on the top 10s that you want to see, or the content you want to see on the channel. As I said, I would much rather have 100 people donating a dollar a month, than 10 people donating 10, because people have obviously got to look after their finances, one dollar a month is nothing, you won't even notice the money going out, but having 100 people people there as a cool community to help out would be fantastic getting you all engaged in the behind the scenes of the broken people would be brilliant but of course it's up to you that's down to your choice but yeah take care and i'll see you on the next video which will probably be don't know exactly when it will come out i'm hoping mid this week if i can get time to do it but uh i'm at this point where i'm ready to review like get the video started for the sentinels and the multiverse videos so that's definitely going to be a thing uh, uh next collaboration i don't know i haven't penciled one in yet but i'll try and do one maybe for late march get one of those in with one of the two i mentioned before i need to get the quacks uh, box done soon so i'll probably be doing that one shortly and of course i'm giving libertalia the beans this week and my game clubs and solo so that i can give that one a full review as soon as possible so that's probably in the main things on the horizon although there's bad company as well Arr! so many games so little time <laughs> well who'd be a content creator with a job anyway take care i've waffled on enough take care see you soon bye for now love you all